All right, today's daf is daf kuf, kuf tes. We're going to begin by the Mishnah on daf kuf tes. Someone raise. Daf Mishnah hechad pikteini. The owner asks a shamer, "Where is my pikadon? Where is my deposit?" So Amr loy and the shamer said to him, "Oh, but I lost your deposit." So now the owner says, "Mashbiachani, I'm making you swear, make a make a shvur. I'm making a shvur to you that the taka got lost." And now the Shemr said, Amin, he's accepting the Shvuah. And then witnesses testified that the Shemr actually consumed the Pikadon. He's a liar. He says, Obad, and the guy says, swear to me that that, 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 that was lost. And he found, and Adam says, the guy's lying, he really ate it. So that Allah is Mishal and Ken. He has to pay the, he has to pay the principal. The shamer admitted on his own that he had taken a shuasha, a false oath, from a cat, Mishal and Keren. The Shemeshuasha, he has to pay the principal and the additional one fifth payment, and he has to bring a carbon ashram. That's the first case. So, again, he says, Where's my Pikadin? He says, I lost the Pikadin. He says, Swear to me that you lost the Pikadin. He says, Amin. And then he didn't testify that he really consumed the Pikadin, so he only has to pay the Keren. If he admits on his own, he has to pay the Keren Shemeshuasha. In the next case of the Mishnah, if the owner asks the Shemer, where is my deposit? So Amrloi, the Shemer says to him, it was stolen. He says, swear that it got stolen. He says, And now Aiden testified that the Shemer, that he's the one who stole it. He has to play Kefal. Why? Because when does Kefal occur? occurs when the guy stole it. Here it was the first case was about Aveda and he was lying that it got Avad, so he has to pay the canon. In the second case, when he stole it, so then he has to be careful. However, he demands from Misham Kenachim Next case is in the Mishnah, in the case of a person who robs his father, and the father demands that he return the stolen item. And he makes a shvua to his father that he did not rob him. But Mace, and then the father dies. And then what happened? The son admits that he robbed and took a shvua shav. So now he has to return the principal. And he has to give an additional one-fifth payment to his father's yershim. Of which he is either one of several or the only one. So what should he do? So he stole from his father. His father made him and he swore to his father that he didn't steal it. Then the father died, and he was lying. So now, who does he pay the Kenan Chemish? He has to pay the principal on the additional one-fifth payment to his father's son or his brothers, and he has to bring a carbon Hashem. Right, and what's the words? And he doesn't get to keep his own share. If he does not want to forfeit his share, or he does not have sufficient funds to pay the other Yerushim while forfeiting his share. He borrows money in the amount of the value of the stolen item, and the creditors come and are repaid in part from the share in the stolen item. In the case of a person says to his son in the Shavuah, It's forbidden like an offering, and for that reason, you may not derive benefit from my property. Same means if the father dies, then Yerushana, the son, inherits from him. 
Why? Because it's no longer the father's property after he dies. The Mishnah continues, the father stated his shvua, that his son may not derive benefit from his property in his life and in his death. So then the is, in mace, if the father then dies, lo yirashenu, he does not inherit from him. As is us, sir, as the, the prohibition is still in effect. So what happens? If he asks the Banavai instead of taking his Yerusha, he returns his portion in the state to his sons or to his brothers. And if he does not have sufficient funds, then he borrows money in the amount of the value of his share of the Yerusha, and the creditors come and are repaid from his share. Okay, now with the Vajta Allah written in the Mishnah that one who robs his father pays the principal, and this Lachemish says, Father's Yorshim. Amr says, One may even put this money in a in a tzedakah purse if he so chooses. Amr of Papa, Papa says, And when giving the money, he must say, This is what was robbed from my father. So the Maranap questions the Mishnah's ruling that when one robs his father, he has to return the stolen item to others, even if he is the only Yiddish, I might. Why does he have to do this? Let him forgive the chayv to himself as a Yiddish to whom payment is due. So he's basically being, he's forgiving the the the, um, the money. We learned in the Mishnah that in the case of a robber who took a shuashav claiming to be innocent and later admitted his liability, if the owner forgave him concerning the principal but did not forgive him concerning the additional one-fifth payment, he need not pursue him to repay the remaining So what do we see from this cloud? The principal is subject to forgiveness. So why doesn't he forgive the obligation to, to himself? This is not a Shiloh. The Mishnah is in accordance with the opinion of Rabbi Yisraeli, who says that the obligation can be Michael, can be forgiven. Well, the Mishnah ruling that a son who robbed his father and is his soul Yiddish cannot forgive the obligation to himself? This is according to Rabbi Akiva, who holds that the obligation cannot be forgiven. Tanya, we learned, Rabbi Akiva explains, Tanya, we learned that Abraisa, in regards to the Pasik, to one who steals from the one person who, the Pasik states, with regards to a person who steals from one who then died, if a man has no person to whom he can pay, uh, pay the restitution. So what happens? The halacha is that it, it goes to the kainim. Is there any person who has no uh, redeemers? Every yid is a is a is a yidish from Avram Yitzchak. So every yid has relatives to inherit him. Rather, Pesach speaking about a robbery of a convert who never married, or had children as a Yid, and in that case is no longer legally related to a his Gentile family. He has no Yershom. In this situation, the Terran instructs the one who robbed from a now deceased convert to return the stolen item to who to obtain. it. Raisa continues, In case of one who robbed a Ger, and took false oath to him, saying that he did not rob him, and then he heard that the ger died, and he was bringing his money, in other words, for the principal, and the additional one-fifth. His guilt offering up to Yerushalayim to pay his chayv to the kain, 
and sacrificed his carbon, again, he counted the same convert when he really didn't die. Instead of having the robber pay the money right away, the the ger established it as a loan for the robber. So he says, yes, you owe me money, but let's go for the love. I'm going to, now you, I'm making a little loan for you. And then Umais, and then the ger died. So now, leaving his property, the Hefker is no Yershim. So the Allah is like this, This robber requires, requires, I'm sorry, all that is in his possession. Because now it's a loan, not money to pay back to the, 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 the theft. David These are the words of The robber has no takana until he will remove the stolen item from his possession. So now Rabbi Yisrael explains the respective shittas. According to there's no difference if the one whom, whom payment is to forgives the return of a stolen item to himself such as the case of the Ger, who died, or in the case of the Mishnah, where a son robbed the father and then he died, and there's no difference if he forgives the return of a stolen item to others. In either case, Matsi Mochel, he can forgive payment. There's no difference to the one whom payment is due forgiveness, forgives the return of a stolen item to others, and there's no difference if he forgives the return of a stolen item to himself. Allah is Matsi Mochel, in either case, he cannot forgive payment. So now, Rabbi Yechelen continues, The same is true, that Allah would also be, that no chiyu would remain in the case of a ger, even had he not established the robbery as a loan. And the fact that the Bryce that teaches the case, that he established it as a loan for the robber, to tell us the strength of Rebbe even in the case that he established it as a loan, in which case it could be considered as though the robber had returned the stolen item and now has a standard regular chayv. The robber has no remedy until he will remove the stolen item from his possession, so it's not to benefit from the act of robbery. Maskala Dabshesha says, if this is so, then Lili, so that according to the opinion of Rabbi that the Mishnah, which is Mashra, that one can forgive the principal payment of robbery, teach us instead that the robbery victim can forgive the obligation himself, the and no more so, one can forgive the obligation to others. And according to the Rakiva, which Rabbi Yechon explains to be the opinion stated in the Mishnah here, let it teach us that one can forgive the obligation to others, and be understood all the more so with regards to the robber, that he cannot forgive the obligation to himself. Rather, Rabbi says, both the Mishnah and this Mishnah are both in accordance with the opinion of Rabbi Yechon. When Rabbi Saglili is saying that one can forgive the return of stolen item, he meant specifically forgiving the obligation to others. But he cannot, he cannot forgive the obligation to himself. So the Gemara asks, if so, why did this one, one who robbed a ger, 
acquire all that is in his possession, because the ger established it as a loan for him, and is no longer considered stolen property, but a standard loan fife. Rav says, This Mishnah and the Mishnah are both in accordance with the opinion of Rav Akiva. He called Rav Akiva the Lematzel Machal and Afshay. Why did Rav Akiva say he cannot forgive the return of a stolen item that he meant specifically forgiving the obligation is to himself? As in the case of a, as a Ger. But in the case of others, then Matzel Machal he could forgive. So the Mara now questions Rav's explanation. He holds that he can forgive the the return of a stolen item, even to himself. So now, if so, if so, payment for robbery of a ger who dies without Yershim, about which the Tata says, goes to Cain, how can these circumstances, if in every case where one robs a ger and the ger dies, the robber can forgive the return of the item to himself, so you'll never find a case of a gezal ger that has to give to Cain. So what Rabba, Rabba says, what are we dealing with over here? The case where one robbed a ger, and took an oath that he did not rob him, and then the ger died. And the robber admitted his false oath after the ger died. The beginning of the AD, because at the time that he admitted it to him, the time that he admitted it to, to the name, in other words, Hashem, Acquired the principal and additional emission, gave it to the Kainim. Once the right to the payment is transferred to the Kainim, the robber can no longer forgive it. If he admitted his false oath while the Ger was still alive and then the convert dies, the convert can forgive the obligation to himself since he already took ownership of it. With regards to payment of a robbery of a female convert, what's the halacha? The Tatus says a man indicating that applies to a male ger, but not to a woman. In other words, a female convert, if she dies after being robbed, payment is not forgiven, and it's not given, I'm sorry, to the Canaan. Or perhaps the is just giving a, a normal circumstance of how the case is, but it doesn't exclude a female. Amulet of So the Aaron tells the Tashma, I'll bring a raya, the Tatus says this, Ish, the Tatus says Ish, and the other Ish. The Torah says that is made. It means two. So it means a female and a male. So why does the Torah say Ish? Because Dafke man, you need to investigate concerning him to determine if he has any Galen or not. But um, the Torah But to a Gainer who's a minor, you don't need to investigate concerning him. It's known that he has no Galen, since as a Ger, he has no, no, no you know, as a Ger Cotton, doesn't have any birth of his family, and as a minor, does not have any children. Okay, now with regards to the payment of the Kainim, in the case of one who robbed a Ger, who then died without Yershim, turn it up on it, said like this, La Hashem HaKain, Teres says, shall be for the Kain, Kino Hashem, teaching that the name, Hashem acquired it, when the son of the king should be some mishmar, Hashem gave it to the kohen who was at that priestly watch. Or perhaps it's not the case. Rather, he may give it to any kohen that he wishes. When he says, "Besides the ram of atonement, whereby atonement shall be made for him," 
there is teaching us of the giving of the Kayin who is on the priestly watch. So just as a ram that the robber brings is given only to a Kayin on duty who, he, who sacrifices it, so to the money it's also given only to the Kayin on Mishmar. In the case for one who robs the ger, the person who robs the ger was a Kayin. So where do we know that he can't say since the payment is usually removed from the robber and given to the Kayin, and it's now in my possession, so let it just be mine. But didn't know, and there's logical, makes sense to say this. This is the Kayin has the right to acquire the payment belonging to others who stole from the ger, then Bishalhasim is a is a is a is a, is a, is a real crook. This guy Bishalhasim the Kozhgen, and with regard to the payment belonging to himself, which is already in his possession, is it not all the more so that he should keep it? Price says Rav Nosson Emir Blushenak. Rav Nosson says this in, in different wording. Umad Davershen lechelik byachi kanes bereshusei. And just with regards to a matter in which the Koyin has no portion until it enters his possession, for example, let's say Trumo, which can be given to any Koyin. Once it enters his possession, another pain cannot remove it from his possession. So with regards to a manner which a coin has a portion even before it enters his possession, example on the stolen item from a gear, in which he has a portion as one of the kainim of the Mishmar, isn't logical that another pain cannot remove it from his possession once in his possession. The vice says, no, like, no, if you said this concerning a matter in which a crane has no portion, in other words, for the reason why once it enters his possession, another crane cannot remove it from his possession, then I could say that, just as there's no portion in it, so too, others have no portion in it. You're going to say this in regards to Rob. Robbing a car, a, a ger, just as the kain who robbed him has a portion in it, as one of the kainim of the mishmar, so to other kainim on that mishmar have a portion in it, rather the Allah is that the item he stole is removed from his possession, and is distributed of, of to all the kainim, all his brothers who are the kainim. So the Mara says, well, but the Pasuk says, Ve'ish is Every man um, is, is, is holy thing shall be his. This is master that a coin is not required to give to the other cranium the offering, offerings he is, the sacrifices. So just as he has the right to, to the flesh of the Oshram that brings to Mimachapur, the robber robbing the Ger, shouldn't he also have the right to the payment? We're talking about a case where the crane was a tummy. It's unfit to bring a carbon ashram, and therefore does not have the right to the flesh of the carbon. In this case, he will not be able to keep the payment for himself. If we're talking about a crane's tummy, so he doesn't really have a portion in it. Although, rather, I said the crane, the crane, which if uh, hectic, if you have consecrated and then redeemed by others, is not referred to as the original owner by Yevo, but is given to the Kayan, um, as the Bryce will explain. The Tari will like this. Tari says, Ahuzosay. The Tari says, um, his inheritance. Matam Malamer. What does it say? Nine of the in the Kayan Yevo. From where, what is the meaning of the possessions? From where do we know that with regards to a field that goes out to the Kayan in the Yevo, 
And one of the Kenim redeemed him with four Yevo. And he redeemed her for one of the Kenim. And actually, so where do we go? You should not say, since uh, anyways goes out to the Kenim and it's in my possession, should be mine. It did not make sense. Why? Because the same is again. If I could get others for sure, I can get to what's in my possession. That's what the Pasuk says. As I feel dedicated to the possession, there are shall be the Kain. Possession of his ancestors is his, but the field that he redeemed is not his house. To rule from his possession, and is distributed to all of his brothers, the Kainim. But we learned in Brisa. So now the word records another Brisa concerning the rights of a Kain for offerings of the Karbonis. For where do we know by For where do we know that a Kain may come and sacrifice his offerings at the time at any hour that he wishes? He does not have to wait for the Kain's Mishmar to serve in the basin belief. His 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 mishmar. So now the kain shabal makar kamenes b'cholis b'cholis shiurs. I'm learning b'chol b'vob b'chol avas nafshi b'shiurs. And he comes with all the desire of his soul. Then he shall minister. When I shall be dusty by edus shulei. From what do we know that the performance of service hide belongs to him? I'm learning b'vish kedeshav leyil. Every man kedeshav it should be his. Okay, said also v'haya balmum. If the kain was blemished. He gives his offering to another crane that's on the same Mishmar. The performance of the service and his hides belong to him. If he was an old or sick, so he cannot perform the service or eat from the carbon, he gives the any crane he wishes to sacrifice. Even if that crane is not on that Mishmar. The performance of his service and his size are given to the members of the priestly watch. A little more. So, so the words of the high. Okay, we'll stop there. High is open.